No Balls Ass. Welcome to the first pod of the 2018-2019 season. I could not be more excited to be back. And wow, what an off-season it was. Hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands and thousands of text messages. We had investigations, we had quests, we had members on the eastern seaboard, members on the west coast. We had members searching for other members, and wow, it all came down to one. Eleven people participated. It came down to that last and twelfth member. Lots of side conversations, maybe even a side bet or two. Will Ian return? Well, we got an answer. We got an answer in the final hour. Somewhere between 11.20 and 11.45 p.m. on September 10, Ian sends only a wink that, yes, he is in. And I know where I was that day. I was walking home from the first and most embarrassing game of the, of the NFL season, walking home with good old Candy Andy Wilder. And as we were walking, we were having that thing, that debate. Do you or don't you think Ian is in? I didn't know. He didn't know. We both thought about it. We knew that by the time we got home, there would be an answer. And as Andy and I parted ways at Carlton in hope, he said, Tom, he's in. And although Ian's in, we have a lot of speculation. Where was he? What was he up to? Uh... Was he a part of us? Was he against us? We, we had no idea. So it's only fitting that in the first pod of the season, we get a look at where was Ian. Now, I myself, as I was wondering about this, I, did, I traveled. I uh, knew that we had one person on the ground doing a little bit of legwork finding Ian. Uh, This man was in the Seattle, Washington region, and so I met up with him to kind of figure out, you know, what did he know? What did he find out on his road trip looking for Ian? And we had a surprise guest join us, the first female on the No Balls Association podcast. All right, No Balls Ass, this is your host, LaTom James here, coming at you live from Seattle, Washington. I got a couple guests, and I've been trying to uncover a mystery for quite a while, which is, what happened to Ian? So we have a very active text chain that is allowed for a lot of what my sister Sarah would call Tinder dates and meetups. As a matter of fact, this evening, where I leave my brother and sister to go do something, they're like, hey, what are you up to? Like, oh, I'm going to go meet a guy. They're like, oh, are you on Tinder? I was like, no, I'm going to go meet Adam. How do you know Adam? I'm like, actually, I don't. We just text a lot. They were wondering if it was Grinder, etc., but no, the answer is no balls ass. So I'm here on a mission, very curious to see what they think happened to Ian. Now, in the Me Too era, in the age of Me Too, I realized that as far as the sexes go, I've not been diverse at all. So I want to hear from two people that know what do you think happened to Ian? So first, I'm going to turn it over to Sarah. Ian? Yes. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, Sarah. So Ian is in the league. Okay. And from basically, he lost in the finals last year to Adam's brother-in-law Chuck. Okay. 
We've not heard a word from Ian until the day before, like 20 minutes before he had to decide if he's going to be in the league or not. What do you think happened to him? I'm guessing he was intimidated by his big loss. So, Last year. Okay. Also, the quantity of the no balls ass text. If I was in that, I would, I don't know, I'd get overwhelmed. So maybe he was trying to decide if he could commit to it. I know Ian. Maybe that was his deal. Okay, so you think Ian was really weighing his options on commitment? Yes. That, that would be my theory. That's what I would guess. So do you think that like, that is a relevant reason? The is literally, it's, it's something to consider. But we didn't get any, hey, happy Memorial Day, happy Fourth of July, happy Labor Day, hope you guys are well, nothing. He ghosted. <laughs> he ghosted, oh. Yeah. Maybe he ghosted, too. Maybe he's moved on to a different fantasy league. So you think that's it? So you think he that's was either... That's my theory number two. Okay. My, my first theory is that he was trying to... Because dis- he ended up co- joining the league, or no? He's in. Oh, so he's going to hear this? Yeah. That's a serious accusation that he just brought. Yeah. All right, so you think he was weighing I, on whether I, or not he should cheat on us. Yeah. Or you I think he was getting it over. I projecting, but if I was Ian, I would be overwhelmed by the thread. Okay. Well, this is great. We get a female perspective from somebody who knows Ian. Yeah. And we also have uh, Adam, who has gone on a search of the PMW for Ian. So... Adam, could you maybe tell us what what do you think? Where do you think he went? You looked. I think I think he's hiding in Voodoo Donuts in Portland. I think like I it makes perfect sense. I didn't get to go there when I searched. I was going through. I went. I searched mostly the coastal regions. I didn't really look too much in Portland proper. And I think he was hiding. He was hiding in, in, in Voodoo Donuts the whole time. And I would love to hear that that was true for me if you would respond to this pod. Because um, I really feel that, like, yeah, one, I think who doesn't love donuts? I think Ian could appreciate donuts. You don't like donuts? No, 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 I like donuts. Okay. I was shocking. Okay. <laughs> Do not be. No worries. No worries, League. Sarah likes donuts. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, so that's my guess. He definitely wasn't on the coast um, or on the drive from Seattle to Portland in any way. I thought I would happen upon him in maybe like a grocery store or like a gas station. Didn't happen. So um, I just got myself some CBD-infused coffee and went on my way. Um, so, yeah, my, my search was unsuccessful. But I think he's out there. Yeah. Really appreciate those two takes. I think they, you know, we will get to the bottom of this. I uh, really hope Ian responds, but uh, there you have it. Could be cheating on us. He could have just been real in deep grief, or he's hiding at Voodoo Donuts. All right, we will find out and get back to you with more later. But none of, the, none of that speculation was correct. And I reached out to Ian several times, as a matter of fact, trying to get to the heart of what happened. And what I really hope with the No Balls Association podcast is that this can be a place where honesty is valued. Um, We all have a voice. We all have opinions. And I believe quite, quite firmly and strongly that those should all be respected. So I really appreciate the fact that Ian took some time and thought about it 
and explained it. And I think that when, when we listen, this level of honesty is what we have in this brotherhood that we call the No Balls Association. So, Ian, um, I really appreciate your responses that we're about to hear. And I'm sure that it was, you know, slightly, you, f- you feel slightly vulnerable with this, but I think that I can speak for the league and thank you for sharing. And uh, without further ado, here I present to you Ian Franco. What up? This is Ian, a.k.a. Blake to the Future, a.k.a. I Love the 80s, a.k.a. Harden Better, Faster, Stronger, a.k.a. Hint of Greens, a.k.a. To Be Determined. First of all, I'd like to say hello to the Tacoma Blazers. I'd like to say hello to Kylando Magic and Bite Me. I'd like to say hello to the People's Champ and Stack Lagoon. I'd like to say a silent hello to 2019 Projected Champ. I'd like to say hello to Latam James, the real Team Jokic, incoming cool name, and the Grand Rapids Drive. And mostly I'd like to say hello to you, Chuck. Hi, babe. So, it's been a long off-season. I know you're all probably wondering where I went and how I feel about last season, but, I mean, there's just more questions you got to ask me in order for me to tell you about myself. I'm not just going to give you the whole spill. I don't even know where you guys are sitting at. <laughs> anyway, I'm a fun guy. Obviously, I love the game of fantasy basketball. Um, so here's an update on my summer. I got a new job as a venue and event manager through my catering company in a pretty sweet space. Um, started getting to the gym a lot, enjoyed a lot of the uh, beautiful Pacific Northwest, got out to the coast, uh, started a new art project in hopes of having a show out here, um, all good things. Uh, several of you know Brock Vriesman, whose wedding just took place out here, and it was an awesome day. Um, also in attendance was former No Balls leaguer Eric Boye, um, who I shared a table with. He is a funny guy. Uh, I don't think he even said hello but just immediately started telling me about how he'd recently got a good deal on a bunch of short sleeve nba jerseys and just started like naming the dudes like i got curry uh lakers lebron um i think maybe like drummond or griffin and i was just like that's dope man as if it hadn't been five years since the last time we talked um but more importantly Here's where I'm at in regards to the No Balls Association. Uh, The end of last season left me very disappointed. I had a really rough year last year personally uh, that I don't need to go into much detail about, but part of it was being basically immobilized by a back injury that I had for over five months where I wasn't able to get to the gym or play basketball or just even leaving the house was pretty taxing. So playing in the No Balls Association felt like one of my only recreational outlets last winter, and I played some balls-to-the-walls fantasy basketball. Um, So it was no coincidence that I finished with the best record. I went to the finals and had what 
I argue is the best roster in league history. I also felt that it was my championship to lose. So here's what I'll say about last year's finals matchup. Um, It was the least fun matchup I've ever had. And not because I lost. Even if I had won, I remember thinking this just feels really off. Um, All season long, I had concerns about the playoffs going so late into the NBA season. uh, And it played out kind of as I expected with the final week of basketball being just a mess of tanking, resting, experiments, and other various irregular moves. Um, The most important days of our entire season uh, were coinciding with what were meaningless games for most of the NBA teams. Uh, One example I'll give is Andre Ingram gets pulled up from 10 years in the G League, and it's an awesome story, but it happened because the Lakers didn't care anymore and weren't competing. Meanwhile, there I was desperate for points and uh, from Contavious Caldwell Pope, who I had on my team, and he barely plays because Andre Ingram takes all of his minutes. Um, I was confounded when the final started, and I saw that it was a 17-day matchup. That is absurd. Uh, every single matchup ever has been 7 or 14 days. Uh, it would be like the NBA getting to the finals this year and announcing a best of nine series and then like ruling out half the players at tip off of game eight because they want to give some like random ass rookies a chance to see what it's like out there. Um, I was ahead after one week. I was ahead after two weeks. Uh, and what a bizarre notion that I'd have to also maintain a lead for three more days while taking wild guesses as to who's going to even play, let alone play well on those days. Um, I'm not trying to take away credit from Chuck or say that I really won uh, because Chuck won fairly and he did it doing what he's strongest at, which is adapting. Um, He's a competitor and he looks to gain advantage in any way possible. So I'm certainly not upset to lose to a fantasy player of his caliber Um, I just feel like a victim of an unfortunate circumstance and that the rule changes on playoff length had to be figured out at my expense. That was some real tough shit. I was so bummed that I didn't watch a second of playoff basketball. I was fairly certain that I wouldn't return for another fantasy season because what was the point if I could have that much power um in my corner and still lose uh but there were several moments that softened my view on that decision um just days after the matchup uh chuck sent me a text that he donated a part of his winnings to the local uh animal or cat shelter in honor of uh, my cat mia who i had to say goodbye to last summer and he remembered that i dedicated my season to her and that was very touching, uh, made me cry pretty hard there for a sec. Uh, then a few times over the off season, JB reached out just to see how I was doing, um, and remind me what a fun season it was. And when it comes down to it, this game is fun as fuck and 
all you dudes are committed to making it a place of uh, good humor, good heartedness, and just some damn fine competition. So fuck playing just for fun. I'm in it to win, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm one ring short over here. So Chuck, there's a target on your head, and I'm gunning for you. Uh, hold on to your precious little dicks, boys, because there's a world of dirt coming your way. There's a lot more content to come this year. I intend to step the game up to a whole nother level, which is how I'll end the pod. But first, we had sort of a historic, historic vote. One that uh, I can't really believe, one that I'm against, one that I'm shocked we even had the vote on, and one that went through, which is on the IR. And I'm a no. You're about to hear why. But I do have to, before we even get into the debate, congratulate Adam for getting this to pass. And this is one that, one thing that's been true all three seasons that I've been in the No Balls Association. And that thing that's true is that about late October, Adam starts his case for having an IR spot. Now, it is something that I am fundamentally against, but I do appreciate the sheer magnitude of the task that Adam took on and think that he, if he can do this, he is certainly a force to be reckoned with. So we all know the result, but I do want to share a little bit of the debate, the pro-con, because I have heard of a stirring side bet. So anyway, this is a now dated conversation that I flew to Seattle to have, and uh, anything that you, you know, any errant words, recordings, I'm just going to go ahead and blame on Green Voodoo. All right, now Balls Ass, this is your host, Latom James here, and I had to make an emergency uh, trip as we got these rule changes coming on. I had to fly out to Seattle, Washington, Washington to meet with Adam Palais. Did I say it correctly, Adam? Yes, yes you did. Hashtag Green Voodoo. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely green voodoo. Wow, this room is very, very green. Yes, it is. Is that a big voodoo doll behind you, sir? Yes. I, I like to have the big voodoo doll to re- remind me to keep it voodoo and to always go green. Go white. So we're sitting here. We had to discuss the IR spot. There's been a lot of text about this, and I am very anti, and Adam's very for. So I figured we got to hash this out a little bit on a live pod. Okay. So my perspective. All right. So I've kind of built a reputation on trading for injured dudes. All right. You have. It's kind of my thing. I like to, like... You like broken men. I love the idea of, like, having, like, just, like, just, like, squeaking my way into the playoffs and then, like, all of a sudden all my guys are healthy and I just, like, get the championship. It hasn't worked. But can you guys imagine a non-IR league where Adam is unwilling to take your injured player is the question. Because if we don't have an IR and you're not able to trade Adam, you're just destined to either drop him or take losses. 
See, my, my answer would be yes, I can't imagine that. <laughs> it's kind of the no balls ass that is. And the thing that, like, the IR spot, I get, you know, what you're saying here. Of you got a guy on your team, he goes down for a three-week three injury, and you don't want to drop him. I get that. But the thing that I love about our league so much is it shows really who you're loyal to. Where it's like, do you, Draymond Green is out for three weeks. Do you hang on to him? Uh-huh. Well, you can't really drop him, right? You could maybe trade him to you. Uh, but, or losing the second round of the playoffs, Christian. Right. So what do you do? Like, I love that it makes you either have to adapt your strategy for a couple weeks trade or you know if it's a certain guy you could drop him but what do you think that the IR spot adds I think it adds it gives a, it's it adds a little leniency in the fact that okay so if for example last year I traded for Kwai bad move oh you mean like the guy with a great laugh exactly I traded for yeah. Kwai I was hoping that the injury was not as I mean there was no information on the injury I was hoping it was quick he came back for a couple games and he left again and a lot of misinformation exactly so yes. my hope would that be that I'd be able to put him on IR so that I could pick up a guy off waivers and what that does is it allows me to put a guy in IR but it also keeps me competitive there's already a disadvantage at having an elite guy on your bench that you can't use because he's injured Picking up a waiver guy that will maybe get you 25 points a night compared to the 40, 50 that an elite guy is going to get is already a disadvantage. And what that does is it keeps people involved. Because, like, if you're a good guy goes down, if you're the guy you paid 50, 60, 70, 80 for and the draft goes down, you're screwed. Like, there is no way. You either have to trade, get rid of them, and then hope for the best. But what I also like is that Having an IR doesn't allow the teams that are already good to get better. Because if you're killing it week seven, you're 7-0, and you're going to pick up that injured dude who's going to be back in three weeks. And all of a sudden, your excellent squad just got unbeatable because you were able to take those three weeks of losses to get that elite player back on your team. So it's just, I think it keeps things even call it socialist we're okay. in washington we'll go we are. super liberal right now so i think that that is your best point and on the ir which i'm still for the record against but what i wonder is okay let's take this year you have a guy like porzingis mm-hmm. right he'll be starting the year injured mm-hmm. and or a guy like cousins mm-hmm. who the reports are not conclusive at all. Yep. You you see sometimes like this guy could come back in November, could be January. Or for the sake of cousins, it could be January. I actually saw like mid-December. Or it could be May. Yeah. So with the IR, do you want to be able to use it immediately? So let's say you draft cousins, he's an injured. Can you put him on there and draft him for a dollar? Absolutely. And then keep him. Or does it start once the year starts? That is an interesting question. I think definitely we should allow people to draft injured folks. Um, I think I think the value of the draft dollar um, is 
I wouldn't waste more than a few dollars on an injured player, especially if they weren't going to be around for months. Because if another player on my team that I relied on got injured, I wouldn't be able to use that IR spot. Um, so basically, by drafting an injured player, you are creating a no IR position for you for the foreseeable until that person comes back. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like, if you're going to waste your, your... Especially on, like, Boogie, who's honestly, like, a third option. Um, or he, he's either a third option or he's going to destroy that entire team. And then they'll... You know, then KD will go wherever the fuck he goes uh, after they lose. KD's um, going to play with LeBron. <laughs> next year, I'm going to be loving KD. I... I oh. Fucking Durant, and I'm going to be rooting for I don't that know. asshole. So it's like, that's one guy, and it's just like... And then so, like, what do we do with Westbrook? Like, is he going to be full strength coming back after a knee injury? It's like, do we keep him from drafting him? It's like, I don't know if he's going to be ready week one. Um, He's definitely not going to be 100% week one. So I think we allow people to take that chance to draft an injured guy and keep him on the injured reserve. But then they can pick up a scrub. They can pick up a guy who's going to get him 20 20 points a night. Um, And... Yeah, that's that's the waiver wire, right? Like they can live by the waiver wire. Um, they can they can maximize scheduling, which as I'm you're, very you're glad yeah. I am I'm glad to say that this year's scheduling matters less more than ever. It matters by the talent of your team. Um, yeah, you've been on you've been big into that for years. Oh my gosh, I can't stand it. Uh, <laughs> This well, is the year. This is the year, except okay, for week five. So, so this is the year, minus week five. But I think a guy like Westbrook is a way different story because does his value get diminished? Probably not sure. if, he, if he misses like three weeks. But where I think your argument kind of goes down is with somebody like Cousins because if he comes back after the All-Star break, ready for playoffs, and you were to stash him on IR, it's only one of the good teams that can do that. No, because we don't know who the good teams are during the draft. So they draft, they'll draft Boogie and hope that their team can make it to the playoffs? Like, or they can use him as trade bait later. I mean, it's all about investment and are you wise with your investment? Because honestly, it's like I am the—I was the biggest Boogie fan. I drafted him many times, I traded for him, and I can tell you that he's, his numbers aren't going to be all that great in Golden State Warriors. Like KD's going to get his, Steph Curry's going to get his. Well, we're going to have Boogie just—he's going to get rebounds, and he's going to get maybe like ten points. Um, but that's like. I mean, that's the equivalent of, like, Vucevic or somebody. We're not talking about, like, an elite talent here who's coming in injured. Porzingis, on the other hand, you, I would say is a better argument because the Knicks suck. And when Porzingis comes back, he's going to be a difference maker. He's going to be putting up 25 and 10 a night, which is what you're looking for in a fantasy player. But who... I think collectively we can all make it so that a person that's willing to invest in Porzingis this early, it's only going to hurt them. 
like to be that short because during the draft you can't draft for an IR spot you have to draft and then you have to after the draft move the player to the IR and then pick up someone off waivers and the person that's being picked up off waivers isn't going to be all that great so you're investing money in an IR spot for future hopes when honestly the playoffs aren't guaranteed to anyone so I'm saying it's except like, for kind of Andy Andy seems like <laughs> he makes the playoffs in any fantasy thing he's like a top four fantasy guy in anything I agree I agree Andy is he's, he's a solid player um, he's held multiple crowns in multiple sports um, but I think I don't know. I think it just... I, I hate the idea of being at such an advantage, a disadvantage, because you can't IR spot one of your one of your guys um, and be competitive. Because we've seen that. I have shown several times that 83% of victories in our league happen because of an advantage in schedule. So to take someone's one of their guys away is a huge deal um, so I believe to have an IR is to make a team competitive even when they're elite players now. and competitive is I'll put that in quotes because it's not you're not as competitive as if you were with the elite guy but at least gives you a shot with scheduling hello hey the view hi Oh, hey, hello. you wanna you wanna say hi to the, to the league? Oh yeah, I already told John and Christian. I was like, I'm hanging out with no balls ass. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That, that, we have Sarah Brad in the house. I'm Are Adam, by the way. Ball? What are you doing? We're recording hi, the podcast. Adam. Nice hi. to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know this is this is Pod Tom. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is uh this is making this trip a tax right off. Oh cool. You look good, Butte. I am so excited. This like literally hasn't happened this whole time I've been here. Hey, what do you think about adding an IR spot to the to the league? Oh, outside perspective. Great idea. Yeah, okay. see, see right. thank you. So Sarah and Adam are both in. Okay. So, Adam, my other question with this is what if a guy like has a DNP rest? Or something like that. Can you put him in just for the game? How does it work? If he has a what now? What do you want the criteria to be to make the IR spot? They have to have an an O next to their name, as an out. That's the only way you can actually, through ESPN, put them on the IR, which means they miss, I think, three games. Okay. So you need to give them at least three games of being missing before you can even put them on the IR. Okay. Um, so in that way, it's also a disadvantage because it's not going to help you in the week that you're battling somebody. You're going to have to wait till the next week to actually put them in to get the extra guy. Okay. Um, well, I think you you answered my two questions there, which was the drafting and that. Sarah, has he changed your mind at all? Are you... Yeah, total 180. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Adam deserved that little chuckle at the end, as he gets a chuckle every time he reads a message from, message from Sean. And what it really came down to, though, was it came down to the commissioner. There was a 6-5 vote, and the commission hadn't weighed in. 
It sounded as if he went to bed that evening with a heavy heart and woke up and sent just a shocking message to the league saying that, yes, we will be having an IR. Now, I guess we'll see how it goes, but I did before... You know, before really thinking about it, I wanted for the commish to be able to weigh in and tell us why he did that. So without further ado, commish, take it from here. No balls ass. It's the commish. Can you believe it's pod season again? Wow. Yeah, Tom uh, hit me up and he wanted to know why. Why did I switch on IR? And... Uh, I thought I detailed it out pretty clearly via text. However, to review, uh, the commish here is fundamentally opposed to IR in a league like this. However, I did uh, see and hear the arguments of my opposition, as I always do. And I'm always open to address those things. And if it seems valid, put them to a vote, which is what we did here. Now, the turning point for me was the flipping of Chuck in stacks, uh, which gave the yes vote six, so half the league, meaning that the commish here would be the decider, uh, which I'd started to have a feeling that was going to happen as um, the week went on. I was kind of checking in with people, seeing what they wanted to do with the votes, And it was looking like we had some swing voters and they did go yes. Um, So it put me in this position. Do I vote no and then shut the whole damn thing down? Or do I recognize that the yes IR people were able to actually secure half of the league votes? So um, what I ultimately voted for here, when you think about it, um, Tom and (laughs) the rest, What I was voting for when I said yes was a vote for the end of the debate. And this is what I mean by that. If we experience this this year... Oh, oh, interesting van. Almost hit me. I'm doing this while driving. Okay. Um, If we implement this and it's great, then our league is better. That's awesome. That's what we want. If we uh, implement this and we don't like it or maybe only a few like it then we'll vote again and we'll get rid of it and then it'll be the end of the debate and we can move on so that's my rationale um if stacks would have voted no giving six to the no side then i would have come down there as well and and landed on a no but i thought it was significant that yes was able to get six votes and I wanted to even though it wasn't my exact personal preference um, I'm open to it A and B again I want the debate to be over so there's only one way to find out and it's by doing it so unique opportunity sprung up and we went with it so that is why the commission voted yes on IR alright see you Thursday Woo! may as well have been Adam doing that victory cheer but uh yeah, the betterment of the league. That's what we're all for. And uh, I am for the betterment of the podcast. So <clears throat> what I will be doing is 
shortly after you get this, you will all be getting a link to therealtombrat.com, where this year we have a page devoted purely to the No Balls Association. What I would like is I have some segments that I want to put in the weekly recordings in some mashups. And I'm going to put them there and have a few open-ended that you can email to me at any time that will then go into specific segments. I'll explain it more in the next pod, but there will be a rant of the week. So if you are angry about something, rant and send it to me. If you have a comparison, please send it to me. If you have anything else you want, send it to me. And I'd like to get a bank of recordings so that I don't have to keep pestering all you donkeys. But it is a new season and your host is really looking forward to it. So see y'all at draft night and really am excited.